<laughs> you don't want to do that to me. <laughs> right, we're we're recording. Josh, you're super excited today. You're like running around all over the place. Like I've never. I feel like that's usually me. It's all excited and chipper and moving their hands about and being animated in motion. What's yeah. going on? Well, at, at some point in the past, you called me handsy, <laughs> which I don't think I <laughs> you appreciate. You are a bit handsy today. <laughs> this is usually I'm the handsy one, but yeah. no, it's okay. You can take that role on board. Yeah, that's all right. Well, I'm excited because someone that's actually been in here regularly is coming back to the studio to do something a little different. Oh. Yeah. It's Nadia Deneen, who is the co-founder and co-host of FYI, All Things Mental Wellness, which is a local mental health podcast that's reaching beyond the area, and I'm the guy that pushes buttons. Well, FYI, I'm keen. <laughs> I'm keen to have her in. For your information at home, if you don't know what that acronym is, just a bit of learning with Mel right here, you can uh, sit down, open your ear holes, and listen to Nadia and her story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that hurt my shoulder. <laughs> Open your ear holes. What's wrong with that? I don't know. I just found have you it. never heard me no, say that? No, I have, that? but I just found <laughs> it funny that time. <laughs> Nadia Deneen co-host and creator of FYI, All Things Mental Wellness, one of the most, if not the most important pieces of audio probably ever made in our little region here. Welcome. Yes. But also, did you see how she instantly flipped into interviewing you? Yeah. I could. I would let, allowed oh, really? it to happen. Yeah, you did. Oh, I mean, yeah, oh, you did. oh no, I'm just yeah. intro. I yeah. love conversation. 100% comfortable as the interviewer, but that's not... That's not what you're here for. Yeah, We're I We're digging into you today. Yeah, and that I'm not so comfortable with. But I, I am a conversationalist and I love hearing people's stories and, and obviously sport interests me a lot, so that's why I... So let, let's talk a little bit about that. So how how ingrained in the Aubrey-Wodonga sport culture are you? Well, prior to that, Mel, so I come from Myrtleford, mm-hmm. little country town down soccer. the road. Soccer. Yeah, yeah, I grew up playing soccer and basketball, predominantly dabbled in squash and netball, wasn't any good at any of them, but soccer was my thing, yeah, um, and I played that from a very young age and right up until I had Mitch, basically. So it, it was very community back then, and, and it probably still is. Sport is very community-focused. Yeah. And that was that was everything to me on the weekends in winter was soccer. You know, you'd turn up, you'd play your game and then you'd hang around all day and you'd watch watch the boys and then you'd watch the men and it was awesome. It was, yeah, it was the way of life. And, you know, basketball, I, I played basketball for many, many years as well. So that, again, was, wasn't as much as, as a community sort of feel. I was going to ask you about that because I grew up in Koryong. Yeah. And we have no soccer culture there because there is no league. And yep. it wasn't until I moved down here and I saw how big the local soccer league is and it gets on the news all the time. Yeah, yeah. Is there a difference to you because you've been involved in so many different sports nards? Is there a difference in culture between, say, a soccer team in a country town and you just mentioned basketball but even like a football team? I'm glad you've asked me that because making the transition from Myrtleford to Wodonga, as as close as it is, Mm -hmm. 
it's something that people from here don't understand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I like a bit of controversy, so I'm just going to say it as it Good. is. You know, people will go, oh, Myrtleford Soccer Club, they won three premierships, league titles, they're playing they're paying players. You know, number one, you can't pay players. It's an amateur competition. But I just I just say to them, you don't know what a small town community is like. You know, we'll keep using Murderford as an example. You know, they got a couple of kids quite a few years ago, done some travelling. They happened to be soccer players. There was a bit of a connection there. They landed at Murderford. They were dead set guns. Yeah. Myrtleford embrace them, like you say, Josh, that small community. Everyone jumps on board. Everyone wants to know them and meet them and invite mm-hmm. them around for a bowl of pasta and yeah. buy them a beer at the at the Savoy Club. And, and these guys think that they've hit gold. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, my God, how is this? We're like little celebrities here. <laughs> and, and everyone, and I mean everyone, gets around them, you know, and – Someone on the committee will have a spare room so they can, you know, shack up in the spare room. They hit them up with a job. They go out and earn their own money and and they love that community. Yeah. They feel that community. And and I, I know we get that here. Like Aubrey Modonga isn't, isn't a city as such, you know, but it, it, it's different. It's it's really different. You are part of that group. Your mum's there, your dad's there, your brothers are there, your uncles and aunts have played for the club. It's yeah, it, it really is. I, I can't explain it. We're involved locally um, with a football and a cricket club and and it's fantastic and it's very family orientated and it's very inclusive and it's it's amazing. But I don't know, those small towns have just got something different. Do you think it comes down to options a little bit as well? So for smaller community, sport is their option of social activity pretty much. So everyone just jumps on board and gets involved. And when you started talking about Myrtleford Soccer Club, I do remember seeing pictures and just wanting to be part of it from afar without even liking soccer necessarily yep. because they had big little um, big little <laughs> they had 44 gallon drums with fires in them and breakfast was put on and all this other yep. stuff which reminds me of other little clubs that I've worked in yeah. as well yeah absolutely and Josh is there looking at just bonfires and barbecue, like breakfast and yeah that's what stuff culture happens. Josh the parents get up and they're there early, and instead of just standing around or sitting in cars, they'll be maybe yeah, or cooking, dropping and running, cooking, and like everyone just chips in. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And even Dave, my husband, he's played in a lot of um, a couple of different football clubs, and and not just in the Ovens and Murray, but he's played in the Talangata League and the Ovens and King League. Yeah. And same thing. As soon as you step out to those little communities, yeah. you just feel that. There's more sense of belonging. There's that togetherness. And you're right, Mel, you know, someone's dad's there, you know, marking the ground out, putting the soccer nets up yeah. and, you know, and also trying to coach the team that's just about to <laughs> – it's unreal. It's It really is. It's incredible. I, I Sorry. Okay. I'm just going to put like a reference because I worked at Aubrey Tigers for a while when they were in like peak – Glory days, and Nadia is giving me the thumbs Double down. Double thumbs down. Actually, but when I was part of it, it was an amazing experience to be part of that. But it did become like 
this is so much of a job. Like there was so much expectation and responsibility around it as a business format, I suppose. When I stepped away from that and went down to Kiwa, you're right, I felt like royalty getting, they're like, oh, Mel's come out to be our trainer. <laughs> and I got like toured around like I was the best, oh. best thing ever. And it was just like this really nice feeling to feel like you're appreciated and it's not an expectation and yep. that even, it's, it's not about money or anything at all. It's about everyone sort of wrapping you up and giving you a big hug. Absolutely. And also, Mel, to to the defence of that too, is Ovens and Murray is big business as well. So to to defend that as well, and and it's by no means undermining the Talangata Mm -hmm. League. I mean, I love Kiwa. Yeah. But I guess that professionalism, it does. It steps up as the leagues go higher. So there's a bit of a defence there. But you're right. That's the sort of stuff I'm talking about. I guess Um, it's more about the brand of Aubrey Tiger, so to speak, at that level as opposed to the community aspect of it, I would assume. Correct. And I mean, you know, if you want to talk success, Kiwa's been highly successful in the Talangata League as Aubrey has in the um, Ovens and Murray. Is this the Josh Bartell Kiwa? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, Former guest. Yeah. Yeah. And and former uh, Wodonga Bulldogs too there. Yeah. get doggies in there somewhere. There you go. Nice plug. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of plugs, I just want to talk about just the podcast quickly and then maybe we can come back again to talking about the area. (laughs) Yeah, we could go on all day about the sport, so I want to get that in there. For people that haven't heard the show, what is it and why did you make it? And I don't know whether you've actually answered, and just so people who, so everyone knows, I actually get to be involved because I produce the show behind the scenes. It's called FYI, All Things Mental Wellness. And, uh, yeah, I don't think I've actually really heard you break down. Okay. Nards, when did when did you become a fan of the medium and how did you make that connection to this is how I want, you know, sure. my advocacy to manifest? Sure. Oh, it's a long question. Like, oh, I could sit here all day answering that. But I, but, but I guess in a nutshell, um, the passion stemmed from my own personal struggles from, yeah, I'd, I'd be still battling my demons, you know, back 15, 16 years ago and I'd find something that would work and I'd say to Dave, oh, that's it, you know, when I get better and, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to help people. And he'd be like, yeah, well done, but, you know, we need to get you sorted now. So I sort of knew I had that passion and it, it come from a place of I hated what I went through mm-hmm. so I didn't want anyone else to to go as low as I did. And that that was the start of the real passion. And, you know, as time went on and I got better, um, I tried a few different things. I started studying. I thought, no, nah, I'm going to become a counsellor and that's what I'm, I'm going to do it professionally. And I, I did. I enrolled and I started studying and I, I hated it. And what I didn't like about it is I didn't agree with the principles of counselling, which is very, oh, Mel, tell me how you feel about yeah. that. You know, yeah. that real melancholy, you know, let me tap you on the back. And, yeah. you know, it, it's it's not my way. I'm not saying my way is the best way by any means, but it, it just went against my grain. So I shut the books. I thought, nah. I'm sticking to the career that I've got. I can still help people. It doesn't mm-hmm. need to be on a professional level. And I have. I, I've caught up with 
more than several people to help one-on-one with my own struggles and theirs were very similar and, you know, become then lifelines for them on the phone and so forth. So I was I was content because I was helping people. Then, you know, a couple of years later, I thought I'll pick up the books. I've paid for my course and I hit that same snag again. And fast forward, I came up with a women's wellness group. So I thought, I'll stick to women because that's I know women a bit better than what I know men and we do share a lot of things in common and especially around the age of 40. Where so not just anatomy, I'm sure there's other things. <laughs> no, too. no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not just anatomy. Um, so I started putting together with my best mate and we come up with this group. Mm-hmm. And we had organised some amazing guest speakers. We had Elfine Varghese. We had um, Annette Baker. We just had some really good resources and speakers coming in week after week. It was going to be an eight-week women's wellness group. And we got through week one and COVID hit. Mm. And I thought, oh, what a bummer, you know. We'll, we'll wait, you know. All the guest speakers were fantastic. All the people that enrolled were brilliant. We'll wait, you know. And what seemed like every week, Mitch was coming home going, oh, mum, you know, such and such has committed suicide. Yeah. And, oh, mum, have, you know, or you talk to someone and someone else was having a major, major health battle. And I just thought, nah, this is crap. What can I do? I've got these great speakers at my disposal. I believe in it. I'm passionate. And I don't know, I started probably about 18 months prior to that, I started heavily getting into podcasts and listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Every min- every spare minute I had on my own, I'd put me earphones in and I'd listen to a podcast and I loved them. And and then yeah, I suppose the rest is history. I reached out to the lovely Josh and... I was going to go solo and record and try and do it all very amateur type, but I thought, well, why not? And I reached out to Josh and and here we are. So <laughs> that's a story. I so mean, there's two things, Nards. Yep. Our show, Punching Sideways, is a show that from the get-go has been locally focused. Yep. Your show, when we first talked about the idea – and it all started to come together. My my involvement, you had a co-host, Bernie, etc. Everything was starting to to happen. Yep. The obviously it can help anybody. Unlike a women's group, as great as That's an idea right. as that was, that could only ever really help the people that happened to be there unless you were going to live stream it to the world or go that extra 100%. mile. Hundred percent. You've now created something that anyone can tap into if they have access to technology. Correct. But it has been really heavily embraced locally. It has. So I want to know, because this is a platform to talk about that, how do you feel about the fact it's been embraced so much locally and is it? did you expect it to maybe have more momentum outside the area and less locally? Um, or? Well, if you like us, like I like us, Get onto punchingsideways.com, give us a bit of a likesy, have a bit of an exploration around and maybe buy us a coffee. Did you expect it to maybe have more momentum outside the area and less locally? Um, or? Well, I still remember when I uh, proposed to Bernie to come on and be a co-host, um, 
Oh, maybe you added to be a co-host there. <laughs> to be a co-host. Because Dave might be upset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be a partner. No, I still remember, and, and when he, you know, I said, don't don't answer me now, think about it, don't want you to be on this, you know, be put on the spot or whatever, but I just said all as I want out of it is, is I, I guess because there was a lot of suicide happening, mm-hmm. um, that's where my focus was, and as much as I know I knew bugger all about suicide. You know, mine was more in the fears, the phobias, the anxiety, you know, that sort of thing. That started becoming my focus. And I just said to Bernie, if one person, you know, listens to Annette Baker and we can stop someone from doing something that is just catastrophic, job done. Or, you know, if one person goes out and gets help, you know, job done. I, I had no honest to God. I had. I thought it'd be my family and my friends listening to the podcast. I'll flip that again and say that you're giving the people that you're interviewing as well an opportunity to get stuff off their chest and Absolutely. a form of recovery as well. So don't just yeah, negate that's it true, to, to one thing because people – don't often feel that they can share yep. about themselves. So obviously you've created a very safe space. Yeah. It's so, funny you yeah, mentioned no, that because right. I know that you and I have spoken about this, Nars. You really weren't expecting for some of the more, I guess for the lack of a better term, the more unknown guests yep. to have the impact on people that they've had. And it's for the reason that Mel just said that oh. there's been some moments with local people that you would never expect to share some of the things that they've shared that appear, it feels like just being around what's happening that it's Absolutely, really impacted Josh. people. And Mel, just to go back to you, you are so right. You know, there's been, you know, I'm not going to name them, but you see some guests and two or three minutes into the the recording, you just see their shoulders just go down two inches yeah. and they've it is like they're sitting in front of a therapist almost. Yeah. So 100%, it's helping them as well. And it helps us. Like we walk out of here and we feel like we've had therapy. Well, we go, you, feel, you have to feel good about yeah, what you're doing, right? You do. You Which walk is, out and you go, how freaking awesome was, yeah. you know, Elfie? She's got me up and about or, yeah. you know, and, and, and you know, in, in a lot of circumstances, you, you can walk out going, far out, my life's pretty good. Yeah, that was my other question I was <laughs> yeah. going to, is it as well, like, you know, get some Perspective. perspective on stuff. Bloody oath. Yeah. I walked out of here after interviewing um, a lady very similar age to me who was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease at 42 and I thought, Nards, pull your bloody head in. Mm-hmm. You know, stop whinging about small and insignificant crap because her – I mean, you were here, Josh. I know yeah. that lady oh. and I don't know whether we – could or should name her, but she's one of the most amazing yeah, people. Yeah, I think that I've she'd be met. okay with that. Yeah. Oh, she'd Di- be fine. Diane Ross, that's who we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, she's right? a bloody legend. Goes to the gym with me, just is way, way better at the gym than <laughs> me. And that's the sort of attitude where you're just like, quit your excuses. I've got people that say, oh, I can't exercise, my knee's too sore. Or, you know, I've got this old injury. Fucking. Yeah. <laughs> get yeah. Man up. Yeah, pretty much. And or, or, it's not saying that everyone's story is relative no, to themselves as well, no. so don't. But there are a lot of things that you've obviously had the privilege to hear and it does it, it 
does put a lot of perspective into It does. Into it pulls your head in, Mel. Like even if you don't look at a fitness side of it and we can take dyes resilience and mm-hmm. drive into just normal everyday life, it might be a career side of it and you go, well, she just grabs life by the balls and look yeah. at the cards she's been dealt. Yeah. Man up, you might be a bit whatever it might be. You might be financially, you know, not quite there or, it, you know, you might have other obstacles like – you know, have a look at her bloody obstacles. Yeah. You know, yet she doesn't really see them as an obstacle. That's the bizarre thing. Well, that that's the nature and the, uh, I'm fascinated by the psychology of things as well. Same. And what it, and it is everything is relative to that individual, right? Because yep. I could fall over and break my wrist and just be like, ugh. That's annoying. I can't do this, but I can do all this other stuff as well. But to some people that haven't had the same lead up to me, that could be the end of their world. And I think it's important as well to go, you know, suck it up, gain perspective, but also have that awareness that according to what life has been dealt to you in the past, you may not be equipped for what would seem like a minor thing compared to others. Yeah, too right. That that would be just my little little. No, that's thing. that's exactly right, Mel. That 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 we're we're all conditioned differently. Mm-hmm. We've all had a, a very different past, and past could have been like you said. You know, the week leading up. You yeah. know, you've 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 hit a brick wall after brick yeah. wall after brick wall, and then it might just be something. You yeah. know, n- not that breaking your wrist is small, but you know, maybe to Josh might be. Oh well, you know, it's just a little bump. But can't to you, pre- can't press my buttons properly. If he broke his finger, yep. His button pressing finger on the audio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd be very upset. <laughs> We'd yeah. all be in other words. Well, you got another pain. hand. I do. I've yeah. got and some other fingers. Yeah. One thing that it's funny that that even came up really because <laughs> it's a really important thing that I've learned, particularly from Bernie, because he re emphasizes it often. The same triggers don't have to cause the same result in people and vice versa. You can get to a very dark place with a much smaller trigger than maybe someone else mm-hmm. that. True. Is naturally more resilient. Correct. But so you've got to treat both both sides, which is something yep. I've learned directly from him that you can't criticize people for, oh, well, that person's had it incredibly hard. It's understandable. They're like that. Like placing judgment on someone that, oh, well, you haven't had quite as bad an experience, but you've ended up there too. Then that's not legitimate. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah so I, I, I learn a lot. That. I just sit there yeah. and absorb all this stuff. And I thought that I had somewhat of a handle on not, not, you know, from a medical pers- yeah, perspective, yeah, yeah. but from the psychological perspective, from reading a lot about it, but hearing people talk in the room. Yep. Like, yeah. And you guys all have a slightly, you guessed yourself different and Bernie, slant. a different slant and a different base of knowledge and they kind of all cross over. Yeah, that's right. And I guess, you know, a lot, like I said before, my thing is more anxiety, fears, phobias, insecurities and things like that. No, I'm very passionate about that, but I'm I'm enjoying the other side of it yeah. as well. Like I'm learning so much about bipolar and bipolar 1 and bipolar 2 and mm-hmm. personality disorders and suicide and but you know what? One of my pet hates, and I think Bernie and I nearly come to fisticuffs about this. <laughs> we, we've nearly come to fisticuffs about a few things because I'm very black and white. I, well, I am very black and white. I do see shades of grey. I don't know whether it's that or whether it's... Not 50 shades, just... Nah, no, 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 not 50 no, shades. No, no. Certainly not that. No, no, certainly not that. And it might be my wog heritage as well, <laughs> Yeah, Mel, I don't know, but... 
I I shouldn't say I hate, you know, when people and God love them because the support has been unreal. And and from all walks of life, you know, it isn't just the young under 20-year-olds, it's the 30s or 40. I had this absolutely amazing woman walk into my place of work after my episode and bought me this big box of chocolates and uh-huh. said, I just, you know, love what you're doing. So it's been broad and I've been so chuffed and but you know when people go, oh, I love that you're bringing awareness to mental health. Yeah, and I just feel like saying, thank you. Of course, if we're at raising awareness status, we've failed. Like yeah. we've got to be beyond raising awareness of mental health. My mantra, my my goal, like what I want the end result of this podcast to be whenever the end is, is we're normalising it. I want people, I want you to, you know, it's okay to tell a colleague that you've been struggling for a week, a month, a year or, you know, I want us to talk about it. I want it to be normal. We're not going to hesitate going, oh, Mal, I hurt my knee and, you know, I'm, I'm having a bit of physio on it so I'm not playing the, you know, we, we don't we don't stop to not talk about that or I've been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And- I will flip that again and totally agree with you that people need to be more aware. But again, it's it's relative to what's happened to them. So for some people... It is just a, whoa, whoa, what's all this stuff? Because I've got a, a guy that I worked with when I was in Shepparton and we were trying to create an anti-bullying campaign and he couldn't understand it. Like he'd never either been aware or seen or experienced bullying. And I'm sure he would have seen it, but maybe his awareness around it because of the people that were around him was completely clouded and just he didn't know. So to try and explain to him what can happen and then we tried to flip him to be, you know, we will use you and other people to share their stories so that you have an understanding because he came from Northern Beaches, like was just unaffected Mm. by anything. Yeah, you're right. And I'm I'm not saying that you're right or wrong. I'm just saying some people are... And it all comes down to personalities and stuff as mm. well. They're very equipped to live in their own little bubble and maybe don't see outside of that. Yeah. No, you, you're right. And, and that's right. It's not about being right or wrong, I guess. I can understand the passion and the annoyance. Yeah, I just... I can see that. I just wanted to... Yeah, do, yeah. no, and, and yeah. you know, and that, that's, that's very quickly what Bernie threw back in my face and absolutely is correct. But... Oh, I don't know. Like, you know, again, I don't know a lot about a topic, uh, some form of medical, say, uh, diabetes. Yeah. But I know enough. Yeah. You know, I I try to make it my job that, that you know enough. So the awareness is there. I think it's up to all of us. One in five guys suffer with a mental health problem. Yeah. We need to make it. Yeah our job. I'm not saying, you know, you need to go out there and read and listen to everything you can about mental health or mental ill health, but I think as as individuals and, and for our communities, we need. So what word would you prefer to be thrown at you? Thanks for normalising okay. mental ill health. 
Yeah. I don't want it to be taboo and stigma. I don't even know why we're still using that yeah. yuck word, you know, that stigma attached to it. Mm-hmm. Just want it to be norm. I want it just to be normal. Okay. People will still be uncomfortable as we would if we're talking about some other ailment or disease or or condition that we're going through. We don't love to sit there and talk about, oh, we're going through menopause and mm-hmm. or we're, you know, we've got this and but yeah, I, I want it to be somewhat normal. So in an ideal world like everyone to come and say, well done, high five on normalizing the discussions around So why do you and I have my own theories as to why maybe people haven't absorbed the amount of perspective that you would expect them to have by now. And I guess I could go into that, but why do you think that it's only at the point of awareness or is it just a nomenclature thing? Are they actually really saying to you, thank you for normalising this, but they're using the wrong language? Different word, yeah. There's a lot like that. Because we've been drilled with awareness, awareness, awareness about all kinds of causes for the last 25 years. It's just the word that gets used. I think you hit the nail on the head. Josh, a lot of those people I know are quite aware <laughs> and, and they're past aware. So it may just be, in fact, the word they've chosen to use um, and not the word they mean um, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then there are the ones that I guess are aware but know that so many others aren't aware, so they're just grateful that you're bringing awareness for the ones that aren't aware, if that makes sense. So my theory, and this is just speculation, is that the field has never come together enough in terms of the research and the day-to-day practice of helping people through this stuff, regardless what group, for the community to ever feel like, I'm going to let those messages into my world because I know that there's a solution or there's some hope. Yeah. Until it's conclusive and there's a solution and we all agree on that, I don't want that in my world at all. Correct. And, and that, that's and exactly what And as I mentioned speculation, that's just me riffing, yeah. riffing with you now. And yeah. But- no, no, no. And Melly's right. Like I said, there's no right or wrong. You know, and, and as a whole, there needs to be more media. There needs to be more advertising about it. You're 100% correct. There is still this disconnect within it, and it is broad. It's like saying cancer. Well, goodness gracious, that's such a broad spectrum. You know, there, there is a lot of forms of it. The same as mental ill health or mental health, however you want to refer to it as. It's big and it's broad, and a lot of the times it's not visual. You guys have created a potentially very personal way for people to absorb a lot of information and perspective without the world 100% knowing about it. Like we've talked about before, Nards, how uncomfortable it might be. Uh, There's a really well-known author, Gabor Mate, and he's got three books that are huge in the world of, basically in the world of trauma. Yep. But if you're walking around reading a book, people are going to know, okay, that person's either studying trauma or they're yep. suffering trauma. Yep. Or there's no way to really get a handle on it without people knowing. If yep. you go on YouTube, you're going to get slammed with 300 videos about trauma because yep. YouTube, Google knows exactly what you were doing on there at any one time. That's right. And it's hard to play a YouTube video. Like yep. you, just can't, you can't just play it on the TV not yep. if you're trying to get a handle on it before the world knows. Yep. Not that that's the right way to do it or not. I'm more so. No, but you're right. You've, maybe what I'm saying is you picked a medium where people can 
personalized. They can it. get a really big handle on this thing from listening to a show like yours or yep. the, the show that you mentioned a lot, The Imperfects, I think it's called, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Hugh Van Kolberg, The Imperfects. That, that's exact, that, that was a big thing because I, I do know a lot of people. You know, I've had people reach out since the podcast and this makes me happy but it makes me sad. And I, I haven't known some of these people. They've reached out on a, like, through a public, uh, through a private connection, but their struggles were very similar to my own. And they were after a bit of advice and, and they were hiding. They were hiding the fact that, you know, or people that I know of or acquaintances have very similar, yet they were reaching out. And of course, I, I would always be private, whether someone asked or not. It, it's a private subject, but. Um, and a couple of them have said, I love it. Not even my husband has to know what I'm listening to because I put my earphones on or I use it when I'm driving to and from work or whatever. And absol- that was a big thing, huge. And like you said, yeah, the women's group was great. We had organised. We were down to 20 people because we were affected by COVID. We could only take 20 so effectively, 20 people would have benefited. Yeah, they could have helped others and passed on information. But, I mean, yeah, the podcast is just obviously the the spectrum. You know, we've we've been contacted by someone from India and, like, it's it's just been – it's blown my mind. It really, really has. It's – it's uh, which only amplifies – how how big of a problem we have. And there is a need for it. There is a need for it. Yeah, too right. That was the end of part one with Nadia Deneen. Stay tuned, guys. Get on to Punching Sideways. Have a bit of a look around and maybe buy us a coffee. And then you can hear part two next week. This episode was edited by Dead Set Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing.